Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections, a weekly podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon, and with me tonight is... Mark Botker. Jason. Matt Botker. I am Ben Young. I'm Bill Jarvis. Andrew's back. And tonight we are talking about the 1996 blockbuster fucking hit amazing movie, Independence Day. <laughs> but before before we get into that, um, we're going to turn it over to Ben Young for them Young News. Hey, how's it going? Uh, I've got some news for you today, but not a lot. Uh, so first off, uh, Deadline reports that uh, Stefan Bristol is uh, the director of the film See You Yesterday is set to direct a sci-fi thriller called Breathe for a studio called Thunder Road Films. None of this means anything to me, just for the record. I, I But it's news, and like Deadline's making a big deal out of it, so I think it's cool. I think it's supposed to be cool. I'm excited about it, but I don't know what it means. Uh, Stephen Bristol won an Independent Spirit Award for his first feature film, See You Yesterday, and he's directing the pick from a 2019 Blacklist screenplay by Doug Simon. Uh, it's set in the near future where air supply is scarce. The plot follows a mother and daughter who are forced to fight for their survival when two strangers arrive desperate for an oxygenated haven. So it sounds really neat. Um, and I've never really heard of Stefan Bristol, but Deadline seems to kind of have his number. So I'm excited to check him out. Air Supply, the band is in short supply. Yes. Always. Nice. It is always in short supply. Play some air supply, Andrew. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. I know you were right. <laughs> no one knows what that is. So, in other Some news... dinosaur band. Keep going. <laughs> in other news... I, I knew, Miller. I knew Jason would know. Yes. And, and you guys and all of our listeners at home, guess what this other piece of news is? It involves a movie... Tenant get pushed and back. And it's not coming. Yeah. Tenant got pushed back again. <laughs> now you uh, saw the schedule Nolan's, change. <laughs> uh, Christopher Nolan's uh, hotly anticipated sci fi film will now be released on August 12th instead of July 30th, which was instead of July 17th. Uh, Warner Brothers is committed to bringing Tenet to audiences in theaters on the big screen when exhibitors are ready and public health officials say it's time, a Warner Brothers spokesperson said. In the moment, what we need is to be flexible, and we are not treating this as a traditional movie release. We are choosing to open the movie midweek to allow audiences to discover the film in their own time. And we plan to play longer over an extended play period, far beyond the norm, to develop a very different yet successful release strategy. What this all means for anyone who's curious is Christopher Nolan is a pretentious ass who won't push his movie back three months, and Warner Brothers is trying desperately not to piss him off. Anyway. Andy won't offer it on streaming. That's all, all I'm saying. For all of our opinion on what is sure to be a confusing fucking mess of a movie, Check out our podcast uh, whenever it's released after August 12th. But let's let's seriously, let's be serious. It's not coming out August 12th. No. No. <laughs> no I expect it sometime September, maybe October is when we'll see it. 
To see what we think about this movie, listen to our review when that movie finally comes out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that does it for all, the, for all the news, for all the latest and greatest sci-fi news. Follow us on Facebook.com slash sci-fi cross-sections and on Twitter at SF cross-sections. Sorry I was spicy today. Overlord, back to you. Oh, thank you, Spicy Ben. Uh, as I said before, today we are going to talk about the 1996 blockbuster film Independence Day. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, written by Dean Delvin and Roland Emmerich, directed by Roland Emmerich, starring Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, uh, Mary McDonnell, Judd Hirsch, Margaret Collin, Randy Quaid. Oh, who is this? Robert Logia? Robert Logia? Logia. Robert Logia. His name is the old ass guy. L for Logia. O for Oh, look, it's Robert Logia. G for Good God, it's Robert Logia. GG for Good God. Don't you wish you were Robert Logia? James Redhorn and last but certainly not least, Harvey Firstein. Um, Fierstein, whatever you want to say. Firestein. Firestein. Yeah, it's actually the best way to say it, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Anyways. What was it? Okay. All right. Brent um, Spiner? Yeah, Brent Spiner's in yeah, there. Oh, yes. Brett Spiner for that Vivica magical, magical 10 minutes of screen time that he was on. Don't forget about Boomer, the dog. Oh, oh fucking oh Boomer. The dog lives. Jumps through the through the explosion. I literally, when that happened, I yelled, action dog. <laughs> <laughs> you can't kill a dog in a movie. Come on, guys. Cool you dogs don't look at explosions, cannot. whether emotional <laughs> or real explosions. Whether it means anything <laughs> to you or not, explosions. I will say the music music was by David Arnold. So the budget for this movie was $79 million. <sighs> Box office was $817.4 million. Ben, whatever you have to fucking say about this movie, eat that fucking box office success. Americans are stupid. So, can we start a band called Emotional Explosions? I want to. I want to start a band really bad. I've been the, I've been making moves with emotional music. Explosions. I like bought a guitar. I'm thinking about buying a bass. Awesome. Let's so. do it, boys. I'm ready. I'm ready. Emotional Explosions 2021. I'm coming at you. Oh, I'll put some tasty right. blues licks in there. Fuck, we could really I just call wanna, it sci-fi cross-sections and we'll still fit in the prog spectrum, so it's fine. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I do just want to say, just really quick before you move on, Colin, I would like to put out a very formal apology to Danny Elfman. Because <laughs> I thought there was nothing worse. <laughs> no, no, he hasn't. He doesn't care but about Dave this Arnold. Show. Literally phoned in this entire fucking score. I thought Danny Elfman was the worst composer of all time, but God, did I forget about David Arnold, who's just this absolute fucking, like literally his whole. <laughs> found this picture of him oh god he's just sweaty and like that's his music right it's just really sweaty and uncomfortable <laughs> oh, oh god that's a new genre sorry continue <laughs> sweaty, sweaty genre <laughs> he, lo he looks so uncomfortable <laughs> 
I mean, to be fair, the score does sound like he's just watching. Well, how, how the fuck do I come up with a counterpoint to that? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he's like ruddy around the face, just red, gross. All right. He is not sweaty, Ben. He's got a condition. I mean, his condition is sweaty as fuck. How did? How is this the dude that composed Casino Royale? Oh my God! Sorry. Finish your finish your opener, Colin. Oh, my opener's done. Ben, what the fuck is this movie about? All right. I'm so glad you asked. Two days before Independence Day, aliens arrive on Earth and begin the extermination of our species with the destruction of our major cities. President Bill Pullman leads the fight back against the aliens with his sidekicks, fighter pilot Will Smith and smart guy Jeff Goldblum, as they hatch a scheme to hack the aliens. <laughs> I was going to say, Ben, you did that really um, kind of like uh, gruff and edgy, and I'm definitely going to put Independence Day by Bruce Springsteen underneath that, so um, you might want to do a retake. Uh, no, that's fine. Okay, we'll leave it um, as is then. Um, oh, fuck. It's funny you said President Bill Pullman, because when I was watching this, he's like talking about his Desert Storm experience. He's the president in 1996. Literally, he was a combat fighter pilot like four years before his presidency. How the That's fuck wild. does that make sense? He's the he's the Ulysses S. Grant of the nineties. That's you got to think about it. So in this alternate timeline, he literally rammed a bomb up Saddam Hussein's ass, ending the war, and was immediately immediately elected right after that. The next day. So you're saying you so you're saying the guy that literally pulled the fucking lever on Saddam Hussein's noose at the Hague became the uh, what is it the uh, secretary general or whatever the hell the name of the uh, leader of the United Nations is sure Carl just just what? Carl that pulled the lever became the secretary I'm just a random no, fucking guy it's, it's true that's exactly what happened so I just want to get this out of the way uh, I fucking hate this movie I hate this film more... Sorry, I hate this movie more than I hate Event Horizon. No. I hate this movie more than I hate 2036 Origin Unknown. Take it I, back. This is, this is one of my least favorite movies of all time. And I watched it in high school. No, no, fuck you. And I'm going to tell you why. And you're going to go, okay, Ben, you know what? And by the end of this, you're going to be like, Ben, you were right. You were 100% ben, right. Ben, do you hate fun? Here's what it, do you hate having fun? Yes. Mm -hmm, yes. Mm -hmm. I hate I hate this picture Mark just put in our Discord chat. I, I hate it more than life itself. E okay. <laughs> I watched... Oh, oh, dog. <laughs> I, I watched this movie in high school after years of it being hyped up by everyone around me. And I saw it, and I thought that it was absolute trash, and I will give you my reasons why. And so, and I've never watched it since, because I have dignity. And then someone put this on the schedule, 
because the 4th of July is just around the corner. I think it was me. <laughs> But it was 100 percent the only person that privileges to editing the schedule. Occasionally and you consult with us, but yes, you add shit to the schedule whenever you feel like it. Um and and I was like, I wasn't gonna watch it again. In fact, I forgot we were recording tonight and I was very much not ready to watch the movie, but I I cleared my schedule really quick and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch it. Because maybe, just maybe. I have like shit colored glasses memory of this movie and I watched it and I tried really hard to just give it a fair shot and I don't understand why people like this it is literally an F minus movie there's nothing good in this movie except okay it's I, I won't give it an F minus I'll give it an F because the last 20 minutes are decent I don't know what what do you guys like about this movie honestly i don't know i saw on my uh sixth birthday so i uh so it's been embedded I mean, i'm like a baby bird it's been embedded in my mind as this is the shit <laughs> you've imprinted okay. that as your mother i've imprinted there <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> ben, at the end of the day ben i don't think it's a good movie but i love this movie like, I watch this movie at least once a year around the 4th of July, and I laugh at it, and I just enjoy it for how ridiculous it is. Yeah, and it's not a nostalgia thing either, because I had never seen Independence Day until tonight, and uh, I, I thought it was decent. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I literally said to Colin and Caroline, well, it's not Citizen Kane, but it doesn't have to be. Wait, you've never seen it until today? Yeah. And you liked it. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah. I'd watch it again. See, Not tonight, so but ben, you know. So when people watch movies, they can have fun sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> I and Andrew not saying that's had fun. Fu- Andrew had fun, I had fun while watching this movie. It distracted me and from my turmoil. If he had fun he, he while wasn't, watching he, it, then more power to him. More power to most people that watch this movie. I feel like Ben, like as Ben said... It, he just got really hyped up on it. Like, some of our friends will, like, endlessly quote lines from movies. Uh, and I think for a while that was a really, really heavy one for us. So it just got kind of hyped up and then didn't live up to its hype for Ben. Word. Like, I get it. But I'm going to tell you my biggest gripe with this movie and, and and this literally ruins the whole movie for me, is that it never knows what it wants its tone to be. At one second, it's a slapstick comedy, like, showstopper, like Mars Attacks, and then the next second, it's a really serious and gritty, dark apocalyptic tale of the end of humanity. And it goes back and forth between this, and it's jarring and just unenjoyable every second of the way. Like, I, I, in fact, the moment I had enough today was toward the end, and Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum are in the, the little fighter fighter ship and they're about to take off, and Will Smith accidentally puts it in reverse. And it's just like, come on! On. Like you are, you built up this really cool, exciting moment, and you ruined it with some stupid, like, t- 
tenth grade, like ten year old comedy. Yeah, right. it just I, felt I th- really I think like was, out I of think nowhere. That was to show the fact that Will Smith is actually not qualified to fly that fucking plane. Yeah, but he, they also had a piece of paper with it mapped out with forward and reverse, which means that somebody did some testing to have the confidence to put that down, and they messed it up. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that shows us so, this. So, Society. I stopped paying attention. Okay. Are we talking about Independence Day or Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> I, I never those are the complaints gave... I have about Rise of Skywalker. Those were my. I exact never gave complaints. Rise of Skywalker quarter, but I don't ever think I don't think or, any um, Star Wars last film Jedi, should I'm ever sorry. be. It's Last Jedi. I'm sorry. That's the one. The Last Jedi. We're not here to talk about Star Wars. Oh <laughs> no! But so, you, so those I are have the, a point. No, those are the exact complaints that I have oh, about. Hang on, Jason has a point. Yeah, yeah. You're let's wrong. Let, let's let him go. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say, uh, so it's kind of funny that Ben brought that up as, uh, uh, I guess, one of his criticisms or, you know, kind of like the tone thing back and forth, because I was reading a, a bunch of like trivia and just kind of like, you know, facts and other things about the movie and the production. And that was actually one of the the key things that they went for in the production of the movie was that kind of like silly tone. Um, and I won't say anything else about it, but. It's kind of one of the things they talk about in the the second film, which doesn't exist, but um, th- that they were trying to recapture that because in the filmmakers and writers' minds, that is a style that Hollywood has largely gone away from, and they think there's like a wholesome sort of humor to that type of slapstick thing. So I just wanted to bring that up because that was kind of one of the interesting factoids that I uh, discovered in my travels here over the last few days. Um, but... I guess to, to finish my like initial thoughts here, I would totally stay, say it's a nostalgia thing for me personally. I remember seeing this movie in theaters and like when I was five years old sitting in the theaters to watch a two and a half hour explosion action movie in summertime was like, you know, a new experience for me. So I know that, you know, I, I think around this time I saw like this movie and I think Flipper was the other one I saw. So like, you know. <laughs> comparing them this was like a big spectacle for me so it always kind of was ingrained um in in my uh burned into my brain and um i was telling uh, jess last night because we watched it um i had the vhs and i don't know if you guys will know what i'm talking about but the vhs had like one of those like uh holographic things on the front oh yeah with the white house oh, like a lithograph up. yeah it was like a lithograph did any of you guys have that i'm pretty uh, yes, sure my brother-in-law I did, probably I did, did. I would just sit there for like 10 hours a day after school and just look at the <laughs> lithograph and just go back and forth. Yeah. And that, that's all I would do. Just blank stare at that. So that was, that was how much I was in love with this movie, but no, I mean, it's just fun. And it's funny because Jess hadn't seen it in years either. I mean, I, I used to love it back in the nineties. Like I said, I had the VHS and I probably wore the fucking thing out, but I haven't watched it in probably at least 10 years and she hasn't either. And I thought it held up for what I remembered. Um, I didn't think it was, you know, a particularly great movie in terms of story or any of that stuff. But uh, we've watched far worse movies that I think took themselves far seriously. Yeah. Um, uh, can I can I ask you one thing, Jason? Were you able to quote certain points in this movie at the same time that they were happening? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Right. I, because you Doesn't remember how many those fucking moments. years I mean, it passes, you're stupid, still able but... to quote this fucking movie. It's great. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> so that's what I call so, a close encounter. Yeah. Um. So specifically about that that moment where he 
pulls the wrong direction on the ship. Um, I think I think a lot of things they do in this movie drives home the fact that it's really just like they're so close to not making it through this, and everything is like, you know, another desperate attempt, and this is the one that works, but it's still just another desperate attempt. And like, it's so close to failing in every capacity down to this, this pilots, like basically the last air force pilot they have access to immediately, who is flying an alien spacecraft for the first time. Like, so I think it might've been even weird. He's not an air force pilot. He's a Marine pilot. Oh, my, my bad. Um, That's cool. <laughs> I wouldn't have made the you, distinction either. You idiot! <laughs> but no, no. I just want to correct him. Crucify he gets too far into it. Do I almost think it would have even been weirder if he had just been like, "Yeah, I saw this thing fly. You know how it maneuvers. Gets in it, flies it perfectly, like the first time ever is flying an yes. alien spacecraft. So they had to have like some bump up, you know. I feel like that was the at the end of the day, he's an ex- inexperienced pilot who's never piloted this craft before yes no and again i i have no issue with that personally it's the fact that he's like oh somebody put this on wrong and he picks the piece of paper up and turns it around yeah the fact that somebody had the cheat sheet and they put it upside down or wrote it wrong that's what bugged me because it made me feel like why would they even put something in there if they didn't know what it was going to do he very easily could have just said Uh, have you ever flown a spaceship before? Yeah, exactly. I don't think right. so. <laughs> but they turned the it into like a slapstick it, joke. <laughs> the logic behind it makes sense, but the whole thing was just, it was stupid. It was literally comedy, I expect, in a Nick Jr. cartoon. And if uh, that's what the movie wants to be, then fine. I'm totally cool with it being a Nick Jr. cartoon. We can we can all talk about butts and have them drive in reverse and go, oh, guess the sign was on backwards. But that's not what the movie's trying to be. And that's my issue, is that the movie is trying to be this really, like, big epic film of, like, oh, these dark forces coming to Earth and humanity standing up. And, like, I'll get more into this later, like, when we when we start wrapping up. But, like, it, it, it's just nonsense. It's literally nonsense. It's like it, the movie was actually made by a 10-year-old who just was like, oh, uh, I guess, like, like probably this movie's, this would be cool in the movie, this would be cool in the movie. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if there was, like, uh, 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 it, it wouldn't be hilarious if, like, he throws it into reverse or something when he, like, is gonna fly away? It's like, okay. come on, man, like... Ben, you're like, essentially I, I, describing uh, most blockbuster writers slash directors. I mean, Literally, you're, probably, you're, you're, you're right. Ben, these people make <laughs> lots of money doing exactly what you just described. And I could do it <laughs> it's better, a so why am I not you, making uh... money? Well, you don't like it, so clearly soul, that's why you're not doing soul, it. Sell out. Sell why you're not man. making the money. I could... I'm not getting into that. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so, talk about so, talk about the sci-fi and the merits or whatever. So, so here's, here's a thought I kind of wanted to bring up about this because, you know, when you dive a little bit deeper into who actually made the movie, I think that kind of says a lot too um, because this was actually made by Roland Emmerich as a sequel to Stargate. Not many people know that, um, but it was, in fact, a sequel to Stargate. Um, but Is that a I joke? think it's kind of fun. 
It was a joke. Yeah, Colin's not paying attention, so it's fine. Paying um, oh, no, I'm very much paying attention. I'm just not fucking... Like, I'm, I'm not that's... justifying what Jason said by responding guys, to guys, it. Guys, can I do We're quick sidebar? Is that... Like, it, it could be so stupid that hey, it's true. Quick, Sorry, quick sidebar. Though. I just want everybody <laughs> to know that we should put a disclaimer at the beginning of every episode that Jason says, like, the most hilarious stuff deadpan and we just trance right past it every single time every single yeah. episode yeah sorry sorry boys i'm sorry that one didn't sorry, work so but funny. the point that i had was um <laughs> the point that i had was uh so this was kind of because we've done a cast on stargate and um i thought it was kind of interesting because this kind of almost harkens back to a discussion that we had when we were talking about moon i think last week um, you know, you've got these directors that you're, you kind of have to do, I think we were talking about doing more with less or kind of having a, a, some sort of constrictions that make you think of things in a maybe a more inventive way or, or whatever. And I thought this was kind of an interesting, um, an interesting example of that because, you know, $75 million, especially in 96 money was nothing to scoff at, but you know, there's still, in my opinion, from an effects kind of driven way here or direction like a lot of cool stuff that was going on they're still using a lot of like miniatures and a lot of practical effects and there was some like kind of real like nascent early cgi in here as well but like i thought that aspect of the movie like the the visual aspect was really cool and it was definitely impressive in 96 and thought actually held up pretty well all things considered you know 20 something years later um but it was kind of interesting because Roland Emmerich is another one of those directors where as the technology got better and better, his movies, in my opinion, got even shittier as time went on. Oh, wait, wait till you watch uh, Midway. Oh boy. It's bad. Well, that's the thing is like, I I don't have any desire to just because he was another one where like he, he, so what is he known for? He's known for the big kind of disaster movies, you know, like 2012 and you know, uh, he did, you know, the, the new independence day, which I won't talk about. I promise Ben, but, um, basically like he just went off the fucking deep end with the CGI and like, whereas before for me, like with, um, independence day, I think there's that kitschy kind of charm and like humor that grounds a lot of the cool effects stuff or the effects stuff kind of grounds some of the kitschy dumb humor that's going on as time went on. I think uh, he lost that when his movies became bigger and bigger spectacles and it all became kind of weightless, like we were talking about last week with a lot of the CGI stuff. So I just thought that was kind of worth pointing out that I think this is like a nice middle ground between like Stargate uh, being his preceding film and then Independence Day coming directly after. I thought he struck kind of a good balance of like that that cheesiness that I think um, he excelled at, at least in my opinion, in like the early mid nineties also with kind of the effects driven wow factor um, and like the spectacle uh, of the time. But he certainly, if he ever had well, it, he certainly lost it. I mean, if, oh man, when you look at like how they did the uh, Caroline just explained this to me today, but um, when the alien attack first happened, when the, they set fire to all the fucking cities and everything at the same time, uh, they literally built like a, a vertical fucking city and just blew up a, a torch, a flame torch up the side of it and they just filmed that. That's, that's right how they, as hell. That's how they filmed that fucking crazy cool. explosion attack thing. That was awesome. Well, yeah, they. I also read they had uh, 
like cranes with cars, like hollowed out cars that were just full of explosives and they dropped them from the cranes onto cars on the roadway to blow them up. And they had models and miniatures and shit that they bought from, you know, model shops that they rigged with explosives and then blew them across the screen and then shot them in all sorts of crazy frame rates and then manipulated it to make it look like, you know, the explosions were bigger and all this stuff. So just kind of cool stuff. And I mean, granted, it's still a $75 million movie, so it's not like they had, you know, what, like the $7 million that moon had or whatever but it still almost lends kind of more of a a weight to it or like a sense of gravity or a sense that what you're looking at is real and i kind of dig that about a lot of those like mid-90s sci-fi or like disaster action movies that there's a lot of that there's a lot of that kind of physicality um with the way that they shot things or even those movies where they they are kind of dumb like independence day like they still aged well in my opinion or like they they seem cool or they feel cool because there's that sense that like oh shit that really blew up or like oh shit you know like uh, i always think of like terminator 2 you know it's kind of the same type of thing like it was all very visceral in the way that kind of approached the production design for it so i don't know i think there's something to be said from that angle at least if we're trying to look for good things about it I will say the biggest disappointment is I always assumed that Harry Connick Jr. had a bigger role in this movie when I was younger. Now that I'm older, I'm just like, man, he was in this for like fucking two seconds. Oh, I hated Harry Connick Jr. in this. I got to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I actually looked up after I watched it again. I was like, Harry Connick Jr. accent, because I had to see if he was just doing a voice or if that's what he really sounds like. That's what he sounds like, man. My goodness. Who was he in that? Uh... Oh, hey, Big Daddy. Will, Smith, Will, Will Smith's uh, wingman oh, in God. the beginning. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Tom, is really funny. Is this, this is, or kick the Tom like very, the fries, Big Daddy. Very out of character for Harry Connick Jr. This was not his his thing. This was definitely his agent got him this role, and they just ran with it. I mean, Colin, he so he played a jazz piano playing Air Force pilot. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know That's this, really but Harry Connick Jr. is prone to just going into bars on Bourbon Street and playing piano. Because he's a jazz pianist. Yeah. I mean, he has a bunch of jazz albums and stuff, so... He's actually he's great not at that. Terrible. Not a very good fighter pilot, though, as we've seen. Oh. He died almost immediately. Put your mask back on! Put your mask back yeah, why on! Would he, why would he take I'm gonna try something! Off? He literally had to take his the, hands the thing off is, of... Is it, his death the ship did not even off. phase Will Smith because after he died, Will Smith's like, "Let me go in this fucking canyon." Ooh, what you got? What you got, alien? Come on, let's go. Nothing. He seemed to be channeling. Like, well, I love anger at that point. I love that, yeah. like his maneuver. <laughs> his, I'm gonna try something. His maneuver was just, Whoa, I'm gonna pull back on the bridge. stick as hard as I can. <laughs> I'm going as fast as I can. I'm gonna pull back on this stick as hard as I can and somehow evade this alien spacecraft. Oh wait, wait what's another dumb one? When they're like when they're initially approaching the spaceship and they're all pulling up. It's like, why the fuck did you guys wait so long to pull up anyways? Like Jesus Christ, you're right on that thing. <laughs> Why did they send the ships in before they did any type of probing to find a shield? Like, you think any and this, initial and this probing is where Jeff, would have been done. Jeff Goldblum the entire time is like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You're in Jeff Goldblum's Oh, so that, that, that was my next uh, question there. So, Ben, did Jeff Goldblum and Judd Hirsch work for you at all with this movie or no? 
I like Jeff Goldblum and everything he does, so I enjoyed him when he was on screen. But for the record, his only character development in the film is that by the end of it, he learns that sometimes it's okay to have a cigar. Yeah. So that's a good lesson. Is it waste. okay to do that? And <laughs> I've had exactly one cigar in my life. Okay, so you're kind of watering it down. The idea was that Jeff Goldblum's character is able to just be more assertive. That's the point. He's able to just kind of like go get him instead of. Now he's ambitious. And and that yes, assert- and now he's ambitious. That's that's the exact line from the movie. Well, he just wanted his father's approval. He just wanted his wife back. That, that too. Yeah, I think he wanted a lot of things. Okay, to be honest. Yeah. Which honestly, I think the movie yeah, I didn't get the it. movie I didn't definitely get it. fails in giving you a solid amount of character development because they try to pull between like eight different storylines that are all kind of happening similarly. It just gets very watered down. And I don't think on a first viewing, you would really understand any one character well. That's similar to actually Mars Attacks, where there's like six concurrent stories going on. Yeah. And then they all culminate at the end. And... But that's meant to be campy and ridiculous. And somehow Mars Attacks does it better. I don't know if that's true. Mars Attacks 100% does it better. Like, okay, so they both came out the same year. They are both essentially the same movie. It just comes down to which one did it better. And 100% Mars Attacks is leagues beyond Independence Day. Like, Mars Attacks is fun. It knows what it is. It has great performances. It has great writing. It has a compelling plot. Independence Day it has none Jack of Nicholson those things. In two roles. Which which fan uh, fan recommended uh, Mars Attacks? Tyler. Tyler. Okay, Tyler. Write in and tell tell us which movie you prefer more, Independence Day or Mars Attacks. And why. And why. I could just text him. No. Well, (laughs) even if we wanted to compare him, so I'll actually give some ground to Ben here, and I'll agree with Ben. Um... Mars Attacks, I think, is it could be perceived as more cohesive because the tone is more consistent. But I think Independence Day, in my opinion, is equally as fun as Mars Attacks, but for different reasons. I love Mars Attacks, but I think you know Mars Attacks is kind of more of that like pulpy, campy kind of like B movie. You know, oh, it, it it came from outer space. You know, Mars Attacks sort of vibe, whereas. Um, you know, Independence Day is more that kind of cheesy, rah-rah, you know, we're going to save the day, and there's some shitty one-liners kind of intermixed in there. Like, that's that's why that's fun to me. Okay. So, let me say one nice thing. I think this movie would have been really good as a ride at Universal Studios. <laughs> I think it would have been great as a ride at Universal Studios. There are like six flags. Uh, I think if it was not drawn out into two and a half hours of absolute misery, it probably would have been enjoyable. But it wasn't. So I hear what you're saying, but we have to talk about something very specific, and that's uh, Adam okay. Baldwin's role in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the best, the best part of the movie, because he literally is in 
not in this movie for like two thirds of it. And then Adam Baldwin shows up at the end and has way more critical of a role than probably should have. But he's there and, and we is, like it. Is Adam Baldwin a person at this point in history? No, in he's not. This people... is probably one yeah, of those okay, movies that kickstarted his career into sci-fi for sure. Oh, absolutely! But I know. I Adam, was, we're all about we're all about Adam Baldwin in this movie, and it's he's not in the first two thirds of it. Like, what the fuck, Colin? Adam Baldwin reminds me of Crewman Four in that screenplay that we wrote. <laughs> yeah, where we 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 wrote we wrote this script, which was actually good, and we need to revisit it at some point. And at some point, we kind of got a little loopy with it, and we elevated this extra up to like a key role. But we didn't give him a name. We just kept him as Crewman Four, and and that's Adam Baldwin's character. Uh, he's just yeah. an extra who just kind of gets rushed into the the plot of everything. Because I feel like Roland Emmerich realized, like, oh fuck, this guy's pretty pretty okay on screen. Let's keep shooting scenes with him. Let's go. Well, the funny thing for me about Adam Baldwin is. You know, he has such a prominent role in the last, you know, third of the movie or whatever. But all the stuff that he's involved in is all, like, the goofiest shit in the whole movie. So, (laughs) I have three examples. So, first example is uh, when they first get to Area 51. And it's, like, the clean room where they're doing all the alien, you know, technology experimentation. And uh, Bill Pullman's, like, open the door. (laughs) And he's, okay. So, you know, he swipes the key card. Go in the clean room. Like, if you know how that shit actually works, you wouldn't do that. Oh, yeah, there's alien fucking microbes in the clean room, you know. Not a big deal. Whatever. Bring in your desert dust. So, that was kind of, like, goofy. You know, I laughed at that. The uh, the second one is, like, towards the end where they have the uh, the big kind of assault on Area 51 when they're all trying to get all the uh, the RV people into the hangar and in the inside. The base is collapsing, and they get in an elevator. <laughs> Jess pointed that one out to fucking me yesterday. Car- that Caroline was pretty... pointed out the same time. She's like, take the fucking stairs. <laughs> Why would you take the stairs? They're getting in a fucking elevator as, yeah. like, the concrete's collapsing around them. That was funny. And then the one that even in 1996 I said, "That's you wouldn't do that. That's stupid <laughs> with my spinner hat on, is when... Full beard. When, full beard, 96. When <laughs> the alien is choking out Brent Spiner, and then they go, is this glass bulletproof? No, I'll let her rip. And then they just proceed to just destroy the glass, you know, break the containment, start shooting the alien. Like, would you, let's think about that, boys. Would you really do that if you had an alien on the other side of the glass and it's so- choking some guy out? So Would that Jason, be the way you Jason, handle that, that situation? Is the most American fucking thing to do at that point. Yeah, they wanted to see What's if they... attacking uh, the president? Kill it. By yeah. the way, yeah, but can they we also just point out the fact that now the, in the, news, president's mind. the news station earlier on in the movie was just like urging residents to stop shooting at the spaceship? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that <laughs> is so fucking real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that would fucking happen. Stop shooting the spaceship. Though that would have now been a great twist, ever. though, if the president gets in one of the jets and they're flying around, and it turns out the alien actually like got into his head more, and he was working for them. Ooh, that would have been don't, wild. Don't try to rewrite Independence Day. You're just oh. gonna disappoint yourself. Yeah, because I could yeah. do it. <laughs> I could make into. Oh my god! Like, I'm not like. You know, like Colin, you and I are award-winning screenwriters. Like, but we could easily make this movie 
better. Just make a better parody. Call it like so, Boxing so Day or something. One hundred percent. But I don't want to make it better. I want Independence I'll call it Day. In, I'll call it Independent Independence Day. Independence <laughs> Indigestion Day. Day. <laughs> I don't know. I, I it was in my head, and then when I oh, put it to words, I think you were trying to work. say Independemic Day. Ooh, oh, that's good. We'll do damn. that one. Giant, giant COVID nineteen in the sky, blowing up the White House. It sounds like a. And everyone goes, movie. "Yeah, that's okay." <laughs> and the president just keeps saying that there's no COVID in the sky, blowing up stuff. Yeah, we're gonna get a sixty-six-year-old uh, Bill Pullman to sit there in the White House. We can do it. Wasn't he the president in the second <laughs> movie, Jason? Guys, I don't want to talk about it because I'm gonna get into <laughs> <a little laughs> screwed. As 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 a podcast, as a podcast who is very sh- is it, our our niche, our niche is sci-fi, and as a podcast that has this niche. We are short on holiday-centric movies that we can do in honor of certain holidays. So we have exactly two movies that we can use for 4th of July. One of them is Independence Day, and the other one is Independence Day Resurgence. Uh, doesn't one so of come the... back next year for Independence Day Resurgence. All I'll doesn't say is, and you'll have to wait. take place during the 4th of July? Season three. What, Colin? Doesn't season three of Stranger Things take place during the Fourth uh, of July, or is that season two? Yeah. Okay. So we have three. All right. Boom. We have three things. No, I didn't watch it at all. I'll say, and I'll leave it alone. R- still, I would that... like our 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 podcast to go on for over three years, and I will not have a Fourth of July episode with no Fourth of July things. All I'll say is that I may have a new most hated movie. And I'll leave it at oh, that. You, <laughs> you didn't actually say anything. What did, what did you say? No, I just said that Independence Day resurgence makes Valerian look like fucking Citizen Kane. <laughs> and that's all I'll say. Wow. Yeah, and you yeah, boys yeah. know. You boys know. So are you saying, so, are you saying a, uh, a Dane DeHaan ensconced in a gelatinous Rihanna <laughs> is better than Independence Day Are you saying French director Roland Emmerich <laughs> didn't do a very good movie in Resurgence? Isn't he German? I don't know. <laughs> an hour in, an hour into Independence Day Resurgence, Emmerich. I was hoping that uh, Dane DeHaan and uh, what's her name would uh, would show up with a gelatinous Rihanna to save the day. Yes, what's her name? <laughs> what's know, her name? That covers it. I think her name's Angry Eyebrows. <laughs> eyebrows. What, her, what, yeah, what is Eyebrows' name, Ben? Cara Delevingne. Cara Delevingne. Okay, thank you. Just like her angry eyebrows. That'll be the last time she's on this podcast, to be honest. Unless she does another sci-fi movie, I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think mm. she's she's done anything. Isn't she a model? Usually. Is that Oreo in the background just yelling? Yeah, did you hear him? Did you hear him? We all heard Oreo. (laughs) That was funny. Oreo's mad because... Oreo's mad because earlier uh, I did I fucking did this really stupid thing. I put Independence Day on the TV. (laughs) And he's really upset about it. He's like, stop. Give me something else. Give me Gemini Man. I want a better Will Smith. (laughs) I'd rather watch Gemini Man. Shit, guys, do you think this movie was missing? Do you think the only thing that this movie was missing was a Will Smith song? (laughs) 
Bow wow wow. It might have helped. It might have helped. Can we write a Will Smith song for the ending of this episode of the podcast? I can't honestly say that. I cannot do that, but maybe I'll come up with some lyrics. You guys can, yeah. Yeah. Independence Day. Independence Day. Yeah, that's, that's the chorus. But yeah, you gotta, you gotta throw, you gotta throw some Will Smith in front of George Washington. <laughs> We're here to fight those aliens. Go to the barbecue, have Wiki-wah. some ribs. <laughs> I could have been at a barbecue. I could have been at a barbecue. <laughs> How about you? Uh, you guys, should we talk about what? sci-fi stuff? Is there is there sci-fi stuff to talk about? Yeah, there's sci-fi topics here. So think about. Um, okay, let me bring this one up. What's your guys' thought on the? Uh, it's it's kind of a trope or like an archetype, but the the aliens. Um, I guess their mo for invading the planet that they're resource so, harvesters. So this is, I think a uh, derivative of do you guys remember V? Yeah. For Vendetta? Well, I, I saw the remake. No, I saw the remake. We, I never saw we, the original. No, but it, I think it was like the 70s, 60s or 70s. Oh, no, 70s or 80s. Sorry. They remade um, it in the 2000s. It was, it was V. Back and, and it was, yeah, I, I remember it. And it was um, aliens come down and they, they pose as like the friends of humans. Well, and it specifically it specifically plays off of the whole it it specifically plays off the whole reptile people thing. I just want to yes. say, yes, well, the reptile people thing is based off of V. Um, oh, really? I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Um, and it's literally they're here to just take our natural resources and move on. That's what Independence Day, I think, was trying to grab onto. Has yeah. no one is no one here familiar with V? Oh, I I've watched. Yes. Oh, I am absolutely. Yeah. I like I said, I've watched the remake. Okay. I'm familiar with the episode of The Twilight Zone where the aliens come down pretending to be friends of man in order to steal our greatest Earth resources, our bodily human so beings. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, I think our delicious. I think bonds. the reason it's. I think it's the reason it's such a, a constant trope in sci-fi is because if humans ever become spacefaring denizens it's exactly incredibly likely what we would do. Mm-hmm. exactly that's, it's incredibly likely that that's who we would become yeah but the second he's like they're like locusts they just descend and take them like or humans <laughs> like that's a very human thing to I just mean, find an area take everything you can from it and then yeah but move here's on. the thing is this is 1996 it wasn't until 1999 that we got uh the matrix and agent smith being like you're you're literally fucking what did, what did he say a virus that's what he referred to humans as yeah yeah he yeah. calls uh, calls us a virus i think we're more parasites than virus but yeah regardless i mean yeah no i i and, and here's the thing. I think this is something interesting to think about too, is that I think if humans were to become spacefaring people, and we were to go to different planets and just kind of decimate the population and take the resources, I think what it would end up happening is that our governments would tell us that we're going to these planets to bring democracy and liberty. And instead, and everyone here on Earth still would be all for it, 
and then they'd suck up all of the uh, resources, you know, if it's like a liquid form or something, suck up all the resources, and we would just be like, fuck yeah, give them that democracy, and then we would leave the planet, and it would be a fucking disaster because of all the chaos we caused. Isn't that the so, plot of Ender's Game? Oh, that's the plot of the... No, uh, it's the plot of Desert Operation Storm. Iraqi um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fuck yeah, give them that but, democracy. But, but the point is... The, the, my point is that it's interesting to think about because it's like maybe not all the aliens know what they're doing. Maybe some of them are just following... Or, oh, no, can't say that anymore. Nope, can't say it. <laughs> you, you, get, you get what I'm ben saying. Ben was I'm just done. following orders. So another element that I enjoyed <laughs> as far as the science fiction like, fuck boys <laughs> this the science fiction element um I'm just curious your guys opinion so the one thing that always struck out to me you know obviously it's our uh, our alien invasion kind of trope and like that's the movie but like something that still strikes me even 20 something years later like the way that the the way that the ships kind of descend um, and the way that they kind of set themselves up over the cities and even the way they enter the atmosphere, like to me, it was always just so menacing. I thought it was interesting because most of the time you see like, you know, flying saucers in alien movies, like even like the Mars attacks ones where it's kind of silly or they're small or, you know, maybe they're destroying things, but they're not really a menace. And I thought independence day does a really good job of making like making you realize like the gravity of the situation um i just thought that like the the ships were so huge that they actually did kind of convey that sense of like oh shit you know um and i thought that scene where the timer runs out and uh jeff goldblum's egg timer runs out and then they uh you know, you have the scenes of destruction, like in the cities. Like I thought that was really effective and really cool and really well done. Um, and I mean, kind of scary. I mean, I know it's, it's silly obviously now and we're all grown ass men, but like if you're five or six years old watching that as I was, it's like, Whoa, you know, because I don't know. I thought they did a good job of kind of conveying the, uh, the scope, I guess, of like the conflict, the fact that this is like some un, you know, undetermined thing from the stars. And it's just like, really apart from that one scene at area 51 i mean that the aliens are truly alien and you know i think they established that it's kind of like a, a hive mind sort of situation but um i always liked how kind of little you actually see of the aliens in the first one i think it kind of lends kind of more of a sense of mystery to it um I don't know. I think that like kind of depersonalization of the aliens themselves actually works in the movie's favor. I don't know what you guys think about that. No, I, I agree with you completely on that. Um, honestly, with how menacing the arrival, how menacing the arrival of the aliens is, it's a little bit, I'm a little bit uh, incredulous to the fact that they didn't do anything sooner. Like they didn't try to figure it like it's like, you know, oh, they don't you know, you don't travel 60 billion light years to blow stuff up. It's like, I don't understand why it's hard. <laughs> they, do you not have alien movies in Independence Day? Like I, I just to, just to know, like, no, this is a, an established trope. Like they come in, they destroy shit and then they leave. Like I, I just I don't know like that. That that is a problem that I have with the uh, the movie, Ben, is that. Some people, it's a, it's a problem I have with a lot of movies. People dumb. People be dumb. 
there's a, a wealth of uh, precedent here that you're ignoring. But it's not the point, though, is to, like, make everyone else in the movie stupid, but your protagonist is the one who's woke or, like, has figured it out. Your Jeff Goldblum knows exactly what's going on. I mean, I don't know, Colin. They did send that helicopter with the flashing lights up there. I don't know well, what else they could have done. That's basically <laughs> them saying, like, okay, we get it. You've seen, you know, Close Encounters. That's all bullshit. Get that out of here. Blow that shit up. They're here. No, but they didn't even do it right. Like, there is a specific protocol, actually, for if we do encounter intelligent life, there's a, a specific protocol for how to communicate with them. And it was really stupid. They just flashed a bunch of lights. Like, literally, here's here's the thing. If, if it weren't for the scene with the aliens saying that, yeah, we want you all to die... It, it, I, it could all be chalked up to one big miscommunication because the flashing lights could, you know, I remember in driver's ed once that I had a teacher who he had once said that if you flash your headlights at someone, uh, it used to mean, he said, and this is this was a boomer. He said it used to mean that your headlights were out and you were just letting them know. Or there was a cop behind you and they were there. You need to drive slow down. What it now meant was SOS. And he looked around. He said, does anyone know what SOS means? And no one answered. He goes, that's right. Shoot on sight. Gangs will flash their headlights. <laughs> oh and that, that means God. they can start shooting at each other. So don't flash your headlights anymore. So with that being said, maybe that's what the aliens thought. Shit. Maybe you're. Maybe the alien leader is that boomer maybe guy that you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> alien driver's ed. That's a great. Ooh, that's, uh, a good that's a great one. That's a great movie. I always. That's a true, yeah. that's a true story though. It's not a bit. That's that really happened. No, it's un. That's hilarious. That's un unbelievable. I always Believe have it. to laugh too at the, uh, the um, kind of casual nature that all these movie like characters and protagonists like to deploy their tactical nuclear weapons like oh yeah we're gonna blow up houston just to see if it works <laughs> and they do it at least I, I just, at least sorry go ahead no i there was it, the same thing was in uh, another movie too and i'm trying to remember what it was it was another one i watched recently where it's just like they casually oh yeah launched a nuke <laughs> it's just uh, like i don't know it's just actually goofy. i just thought of something I thought of something funny actually um Oh fuck! What? I don't think it was in. It might have been in the show, The Expanse. I, for sure, it was in the books. But it was um, Avasolera responding. Avasolera, however you want to say it, um, responding to them realizing that there are basically extraterrestrial life out there. And she was like, "I have an entire, you know, book on what to do if Mars like comes up with a weapon before we do, or something like that." She's like. I have three pages if we have encountered extraterrestrial life, and it starts with find God. That's what this That's movie dumb. was literally about. That's not even true, though. Like, there, <laughs> there is a very long and detailed protocol. They were not fucking ready for extraterrestrial life in this movie. And sure. yes, there and this was. Movie, and yes, saying. and yes, there was a religious aspect. That's why they fucking got people around to pray. 
at one point in the movie. True. Jeff okay. Goldblum's dad literally got people around to pray. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. No, I'm just saying, like, there is, like, in real life, like, actual protocol for what to do in the event of contact. And I don't know what that protocol is, and oh. I'm here to tell you, it's probably not good or smart, but uh, because it belongs to our U.S. government. Well, no, that's, that's the exists. point. That's the point is they still have a contingency, but it's really fucking short. Can we talk about the fact that the freaking, like, they know about the, like, existence of aliens, but not only did they not tell the president, but they didn't think it was worthy of telling the president once aliens showed up? Okay. Matt. Matt. Yeah. Matt, listen. Matt, I ha- Matt. I have to say, if, if you knew aliens exist, like, you were in charge of knowing aliens exist, would you tell Bill Pullman? Well... Okay, and I could see why they wouldn't tell every president. But <laughs> right. when the aliens showed up, that should have been a phone call immediately. Like a, oh, hey, I agree. by the way, we know we, we had some inkling about this, and we have Brent some Brent Spiner's been doing this shit for years. Let me, Especially let me since they had good information. And the ship <laughs> powered up when all the other aliens showed up, so that actually might have been one like an early warning system of, oh, shit's messing around. Shit's changing over here. Two words, Matt. Plausible deniability. That's all I gotta say. (laughs) And since you said that, can I talk about how Roland Emmerich doesn't understand how people talk? Nowhere in in this movie is there a single minute of believable human dialogue. I love Jeff Goldblum and his dad. I enjoy it. It's all one-liners and and camp. Welcome to the nineties, Ben. Me, what do you expect? If and what do we call the nineties class? I the speak almost exclusively in one-liners. <laughs> the butthole of cinema. Absolutely, we know Miller, and that's why you're the butthole of this. So Ben Stupid actually does not watch movies from the seventies <laughs> and has no idea that the nineties is a lot. Uh, I believe Easy Rider came out in the seventies, and Easy Rider is one of the greatest films. That's of like all the time. only movie you've so... seen from the seventies. That's not even true. I'm gonna look up movies from the seventies. <laughs> okay, Steve McQueen's Bullet. Feel free. Um, you will see a lot of movies that are not good. Enjoy. Star Wars. Star Alien. Trek Seven, The Journey Home. The Exorcist, home. The Godfather, A Clockwork Orange, Taxi Driver. You're literally picking the blockbusters. Most of the movies in I'm the just 70s going down the list. Jaws, Apocalypse Now, eh, Rocky Horror, Mad Max. What about Rocky Balboa? Superman, Solaris, Rocky, Soylent Green. And what years That's did Sardoz? In what exact Sardoz year did they come out? came out in '74. Don't talk to me. What it's a podcast. Carl, he has to. <laughs> what did you say? Sorry. Yeah, literally that many blockbusters came out in one year alone in the nineties. So no, there's, we got we got seventy four, seventy six. Oh, you mean in the nineties? Sorry, Westworld, The Warriors, Logan's Run, Deer okay, Hunter, first Diamonds off, Westworld Are Forever, was not a blockbuster. The Westworld. Yeah, the original Westworld talk- movie was You're bad. talking. You're talking about what blockbusters. I'm talking about good films in the 70s. Westworld was Living not a like, good film in the 70s. Westworld's not a good film Westworld in was not good no, until not HBO started touching it. 
Stalker. Stalker came out in 79. American Graffiti. That's decent. I don't know if I'd call uh, any of these Okay, first off, American Graffiti was filmed in like the fucking I'm not 60s. saying they're blockbusters. I'm saying they're good. Sure, what? but we're, we're talking about a specific genre American of movie. American Graffiti was filmed like years and years before it was released. Live in front of a studio audience. <laughs> okay, don't listen don't to that. right. But... No, but it was filmed years before it was ever released. Monty Python was at the height of its comedy in the 70s. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. I'm... Ooh, the black hole. We should do this. Uh, uh, look up, look up what came out in the address. 90s, then, and fucking compare the two. I've Anyways, done it we're moving when on. we talked about how the 90s are the butthole. I do miss Bill Pullman and things, though. <laughs> but no, I also miss... I also miss Bill Paxton and things. I always think of them together because their oh, names kind of sound alike. Mm -hmm. you, you had to take number five on the. That's a Simpsons joke. Number five on the list of movies out in the '90s: Independence Day. Like already, we see that it does not compare to the '70s. Like, what can I say? Ben, look at how much fucking money that made, and just stop talking. Move on. Money, money does not dictate quality. Money dictates success. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh, look, are we going to comment uh, an economics podcast or a sci-fi podcast? Well, like talk about sci-fi. Oh, how he, many uh, rubles uh, do I get for my space dollars? They realize there's no other point to showing how successful Independence Day was. So, just because something makes money doesn't mean it's good. It just means the audience is stupid. Are you talking about <laughs> Independence Day or Coca-Cola? <laughs> <laughs> talking about people who don't listen I, I was with Ben right up until the people are stupid but I mean it's true so like the fact that it made 800 million dollars in 96 money which was probably about a billion and a half in 2020 you know like that's great and it was successful but I agree with Ben it doesn't mean it was good necessarily like I think it's a good movie but I don't think just the fact that it was as successful as it was necessarily there's any causality there um most of my favorite music i think is great and there's you know large audiences for it but it it's not successful those most of those musicians have day jobs they're fucking janitors and shit like that so like you know but they make music that makes people feel something and it's the same with film i think it's the same with any art um this to me just you know it was obviously very successful and it kind of became culturally relevant but i think it's it's decent enough to kind of stand on its own it I mean, certainly kind of rises above it almost makes me harken back for i know ben's gonna have an aneurysm when i say this but it kind of makes me harken back to like the era of this type of movie because it's it's really gone it is i mean a blockbuster in 2020 is not like a blockbuster in the 90s and even though i, I kind of go back to what i said earlier like even though those movies all obviously had their flaws there's just kind of something special about it and i'm sure a lot of that's the rose-colored glasses because it is nostalgia because we're all people of a certain age and we kind of came up with these movies they're a part of our history and a part of our lives and we have memories that we kind of share with them i certainly do but yeah you don't really see a movie on that scale that's kind of made the same way and I think that's that's kind of a shame, but, you know, is what it is. I'm really happy they don't make movies like this anymore. <laughs> I'm right. going to look up when the last Colin Transformers movie came out. <laughs> well, I'd rather Colin's watch all of the Transformers great. movies at the same time than watch this again. Well, Ben, you didn't start watching adult movies until you were adult anyways, so, yeah. <laughs> It's whatever, bud. 
Colin's feeling spicy tonight. I'm feeling super spicy. I just We're feel like you you have not had a shared childhood that a lot of us. I have didn't had. watch this movie when I was a kid. And I think that's. I'm surprised Miller liked it, but I think Miller's a bit of an outlier. Man. I think the only reason all of you like it is nostalgia. I really do. And I'm not like trying to like, I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to shit on you. If you like this movie, if you love this movie, great. I'm happy you do. I really am. Like, I'm never going to like shit on someone's enjoyment of something like I used to. I, I, I don't think it's good though. And I won't admit it's good. I'm going to say, I'm glad you enjoy it. And I'm glad it brings you joy, but I'll never say it's good. So I will say something not. and you can refute this if you want. I think this movie actually would have been better served if it was a miniseries. I think there was enough going on in the movie that they could have just let everything breathe more. I, I think disagree. This movie have, I think this movie would have been better served under a different director. Would you say Roland Emmerich is worth anything? I I was gonna say I disagree that it would have worked better as a miniseries. I actually think it would have worked better shorter. I think if they shortened they, it a little they, bit, they planted and so they, many seeds. They were talking about like, oh, the military has to like hide out from the aliens. Like they didn't fucking show that. There was no threat to that. Like, so I all I'll say once again too. I'm doing my best to try to remain impartial here and not bring it up. But if you want to see that, watch <laughs> Independence Day Resurgence to see how they would have handled it. And I think you'll agree that 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 going kind of more in depth in certain aspects is not does not serve that story i think any better unfortunately no i think they just could have um, cut out some of the plot lines like the drunken pilot they could have had someone well, else below the last ship up and just cut that whole thing out and it would not have affected the rest of the movie well that's what i'm saying is like they they touched on all these plot lines that didn't feel important because it was a movie if they did a miniseries it probably would have flowed better that's all i'm saying but uh, you know, I, you all disagree. I, so apparently, but, I'm wrong. Fuck me. Let's move on. I just think it would have been better removing a lot of plot elements, removing a lot of characters, remove the the Russell Case dude. All of his stuff with his family was unnecessary. I would have tossed that out immediately. I would have, I would have kept it to simply Bill Pullman, Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum. Get them together early. Let the whole movie be their story yeah. and adventure. Can we talk about that Will Smith did not show up for like the first 30 minutes of the movie? I always forget how late he yeah, comes no. in. Yeah. It's so fucking weird. It's Dude, like, the why? First, the, the first act didn't end until like 45 minutes into the movie. It's too long. The whole movie is too long. Which is why it should have been a miniseries, yeah. Or <laughs> cut up. Yeah. Roland Emmerich needs an editor. He needs a scene, a, a script editor. I can believe that. The other thing is, I I do want to say that despite all my shitting on it, it does have one of my favorite tropes, despite how unrealistically it was portrayed in this, which is just the the persistence and perseverance of humanity. I did enjoy that. Uh, I enjoyed the... I You know... You 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 have to be a dead soul to not enjoy Bill Pullman's speech at the end, at the very least. It's that's a great moment. Like I said, the last twenty minutes, for the most part, despite the little reverse scene, I enjoy. I was like, I find myself going, "This was this was fun. This is cool. I enjoy the the flying into the mothership, all that stuff." 
and I like the whole idea of of humanity rising up together and a bunch of these like it, it was basically sci-fi breakfast club by the end of it a bunch of this motley crew <laughs> coming together to fight back against these and, aliens and i i like that but and, it, it it didn't set up well for it and also we all realize that randy quaid seems more sane in this movie than he does in real life <laughs> kind of fucking weird uh, well shitter can't always be full <laughs> oh man alright boys what's this good sci-fi or bad sci-fi he's starting with starting Mark with? <laughs> we're gonna freestyle it tonight <laughs> um actually yeah I, Mark freestyle send it to who you want it to go to next oh okay I like it but you have to you have to wrap it like uh, Will Smith Ooh, would do ha-ha. in the early 90s <laughs> Bow wow wow yippee oh yippee a bow wow wow wow. Um, no, I, uh, I, it's it's still a fun movie to watch. Uh, it's never really stopped being that, but I wouldn't call it good sci-fi in most any sense. But you know, still, it's still like Matt said. Every year or two, you end up watching it around Fourth of July and. Just have a good time with it. I will say, it suffers. It it really suffers from the uh, the lack of volume normalization. There were there are times where I had to like turn it down because it was so loud, and there were times where I had to turn it up because you literally could not hear the dialogue at all. Yeah. It was, That's why I watch with subtitles. It's miserably <laughs> drastic highs and lows. One of the worst movies, I, especially for how you know large of a budget it had and how much work went into it, it suffers worse than most films I've seen. Anyway. All right, thank you, Mark. Yep. Jason. Is it a great film? No. Is it a fun movie? Absolutely. Is it good sci-fi? I don't think so. I think it's it's middling sci-fi. I think it's a fun movie. It there definitely some nostalgia there. I, I can't escape it, and I won't try to say that it isn't. But I enjoy the movie. It's fun. Uh, I have good memories of the movie. I enjoyed my rewatch for the first time in a decade yesterday. Um, I don't think it leans on sci-fi as heavy as it could and as heavy as a lot of other films that we've covered do because really at the end of the day it more is kind of an action ensemble kind of disaster movie than it is a science fiction movie but i think it's a lot of fun um and i just wholeheartedly recommend do not watch independence day resurgence thank you i'm done you gotta watch next next year Please come out with another 4th of July themed sci-fi movie uh, in that time, um, theaters, uh, uh, movie studios. Looking at you, Paul W.S. Anderson. Hit it. Event Horizon <laughs> 2, 4th of July. <laughs> I'd watch it. I don't fucking care. All right. Um, thank you, Jason. Matthew. All right. Uh, I, I agree with the fact that I love this film. It's I love it in like a mystery science theater 
kind of laugh at the absurdity of some of the cuts and some of the dialogue. It's a lot of fun, but I do think it's bad sci-fi at the end of the day. It felt like science fiction was literally just a vehicle to put a different kind of explosion in there. It didn't like it they kept opening up the door for these cool questions and then just blowing something up and ignoring the actual question. So I in my mind it ended up being it ends up being very bad sci-fi, but uh fun film. I'm never going to stop watching it and laughing at it. <clears throat> All right. Thank you, Matthew. Um I'm most looking forward to this. Ben, let it rip. It's bad sci-fi. It's a bad movie. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I would rather watch The Room for the rest of my life than Independence Day ever again. And I think if you find enjoyment in it, that's great. But you do need to re-examine on whether you're going to call it good or bad because it's definitely not good. Uh, I think that if... It was shorter, not directed by Roland Emmerich, and actually explored some of the things it starts to scratch the surface of regarding humanity and our reaction to an alien invasion. Maybe it could have been redeemable, but what I just described is a whole different movie, so maybe it's just better to find a different movie to watch instead of Independence Day. <laughs> Thank you. Good night. Good night and good luck. All right. Um, thank you, Ben. Moving on to little Billy Jarvis, age 29, almost 30. Oof. Good Lord. Thanks for remembering my birthday. Good Lord. All right. Um, oh, boy, I got you. So I would say that uh, obviously this is bad sci-fi. I didn't really participate much because I really don't have much to add other than that. Um, but if you take it from the perspective and the lens of... Um, this being a THX sound system audio test, then it's actually pretty good. Because if you if you think about it that way, like they tried blowing up the speakers and you know they were just testing like, do you have your system tuned? That's it. That's all it was. And like I think if you take it from that point, it's a good action movie. So yeah. I'd say it's uh it's a good romance, it's a good action movie, you know, um, but it's not it's not good sci fi. And uh, and I would never uh, give it the name. I would never use the uh, the word film to describe it. It is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's how I feel about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Andrew W. S. Miller. Uh, so this uh, this movie I think serves exactly one purpose, and that is to play continuously on uh usa uh tbs um tl not tlc <laughs> not tlc <laughs> tlc sure you get in get in there tlc uh it is designed to be played continuously for 72 hours um on and directly adjacent to the fourth of july on uh on these channels um i don't regret watching it like there's you know there's a lot of times where i don't want to get into a heady cerebral dark city matrix you know whatever 
kind of movie. Sometimes I just want to watch Mad Max Fury Road, you know? Sometimes I just want to watch shit blow up. Um, and I think it served that purpose. Is it good sci-fi? I mean, it's dubious sci-fi at best. Um, but as as a as a movie, I uh, I, I found some enjoyment. All right, man. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> I'll be brief. It's not good sci-fi. It really isn't. I enjoy this movie. Fuck, I love this movie. Um, I feel like that has more to say about... It's just more of a blockbuster... jaunt. I, I, just, I love it. It's good. Uh, the action is great. Um, but no, it does not tick any boxes for what I think a good sci-fi movie is. Um hell I didn't even pick this movie to cover um but here we are um I'm not looking forward to watching the sequel next year but we're gonna do it anyways cause fuck it that's what we gotta do <clears throat> hopefully by that time we'll be millionaire podcasters right <laughs> right Oh, God. The McElroys and us are going to fight. All right, folks. There you have it. That is our take on, uh, well, Independence Day for sci-fi cross-sections. If you disagree with us, which I'm sure most of you do, because you're all patriotic, I'm sure, um, feel free to let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Ben, what can people do on Sundays? On Sundays, if you like fantasy or Dungeons & Dragons, you can watch Once Upon a Tavern, a live play Dungeons & Dragons stream every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, The party is uh, unlocking some some infernal secrets, so it should be a good time uh, for the next couple weeks. I'm really excited about what's next, so make sure you stop by and say hi. Oh, if we get if we get 10 Patreon subscribers before we meet back in person once again, uh, one of our players will blue himself. And all you have to do is pay $5 at the $5 tier. So go do that. Uh, Patreon.com slash Once Upon a Tavern. He will literally blue himself. He will paint himself entirely blue. Because that's what his character looks like. So, Abadi Abadai. Yes. Um, if he was green, he would die. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> thank you. Bill, quick question. Say somebody really likes sci-fi cross-sections. Um, they want to listen to more. And more importantly, they want to support sci-fi cross-sections. What can they do? Folks, if you want to support us and you want to sponsor a boy continue doing their podcast please visit patreon.com forward slash sci-fi cross sections for the cost of a netflix subscription every month you can less than less than that less than that less than a way way less subscription you can sponsor a sci-fi boy and you You will receive for your sponsorship Bonus content and uh, regularly created and uh, bonus episodes. And also, um, you get some neat little perks at the higher tier, but go to patreon.com forward slash sci-fi cross-sections. Sorry, I had to put the kibosh on that one. Anyway. You'll also receive a uh, customized picture of me. 
Um, and a, and a little backstory about uh, you know what what I'm Mil- up to. When Miller I'm, will send you, know, you a letter. Every how's it going? Month. Yeah. It it'll be great. Honestly, can we make that the forty five dollar tier? Yeah, yes. the Miller sure. Monthly check. I need a friend. <laughs> the, the Miller, we'll call it the Miller Monthly. Miller. It's the Miller Monthly. Let's <laughs> just sponsor Miller. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we might as well. We like, um, <laughs> played a lot of refractory or uh, satisfactory this month. I thought about picking that up. It's a great game. It's so you good. Do it. It's uh, so addicting, dude. It's my part time right. job right now. Right. Uh, I'm streaming again. Um, I'm trying to actually make like uh, an actual streaming schedule instead of just freewheeling it. Um, see if that works out a little bit better. Um, that uh, that website is twitch.tv slash insert underscore game underscore here. Uh, I may or may not be playing science fiction related games. So, you know, uh, tune in for whatever I feel like playing I'll, I'll probably get a long play going pretty soon on something yeah fuck it we'll do if it you want to do multiplayer satisfactory i'll join you fucking Ooh. that sounds rad. honestly i would really prefer it if you guys would just do satisfactory together let's do in it fact, i know me mitch anthony and uh another friend steve all have the game and we all want to play it so we can all get on mm-hmm. one server together that would be dope honestly i think that would be really cool for Tractor races yeah. let's go let's do it just let's just let's just Take an entire planet for all of its resources. Like oh, this movie. Oh my god, it's da, relevant. Da, da, da. Four chain four da, chainsaws, da, da, one da. planet. Four chainsaws. Da, 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 da. I'll take it. All right. There you have it, folks. That is our take on Independence Day. If you are disappointed, uh message Ben. If you really enjoyed this episode, just message me. So uh all right. <laughs> Please Until give me forty five dollars a month. Until next time.